Okay, now that's how you do it. Uh, Miss Cheryl, did Miss Cheryl already leave? Okay, good. So this one, I'm not trying to embarrass her or anything. I want to tell you guys that uh, just how proud I am of Miss Cheryl and what she does for our children. And if you came a little bit early, you got to see them practicing a little bit this morning uh, because their practice yesterday was totally wiped out. And so uh, they had to be flexible and do certain things, and they've been practicing all along. But there is nothing better than, I think, having children lead us in worship. And uh, they just give it their best, and that's what we're called to do. And it takes courage. And I want to thank our youth group for getting up here because that takes courage to get up here and sing and lead worship. And Gregory, even though this is your job, I know it takes courage for you to stand up here and lead as well. <clears throat> so... I am not planning on keeping anybody long. I was actually asked by one of the youth group members to keep it short because there was something he needed to watch on TV uh, later. So um, out of respect for our time, I just wanted to take a moment and encourage the church. And uh, I have something uh, for us that I've been saving for a couple of weeks that I was hoping to get to be able to talk in front of the church and share my heart. Uh, but as they were singing about this is no ordinary night, uh, there is there is nothing ordinary about King Jesus, and I'm glad we don't serve an ordinary God. And in this time of Advent, we are reminded of Christ coming into the world to offer salvation, and we look at, we look forward to His second coming, and the hope that He brings, and it's the hope that is the salvation of this world, and that's something that. I am so thankful as a Christian that I can cling to in, in difficult times. And it's the hope that Christ offers that gives me a peace in my heart. And there is something so special about this church. I am so glad that we have a multi-generational church from uh, even the babies to who we just saw us lead in worship all the way to the oldest person in this church. Uh, sometimes multi-generational churches uh, it can lead to rifts and factions, but I really feel that God uses our multi-generational church as a strength for us and to encourage us. So uh, I wanted to tell you guys something that happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, as we know, a couple of weeks ago, our church was left in no ordinary situation. And I went home, and it was, it was unusual circumstances, because normally when I go home, I've got the kids with Loren, and we're trying to figure out lunch and all this other stuff. But for some reason, on this particular day, I was all by myself, and I was downstairs. And I was probably avoiding doing my schoolwork, but I was trying to pick up around the house. And uh, I was walking around, and I, wanted, I was talking with the Lord I was, as I was walking. And I said, Lord, I said, how can I encourage this church? And I said, again, how can I encourage this church? And as I've learned, I would encourage you to get into a discipleship hour class, a Sunday school class. Uh, I am learning so much. Hey, if you want to join the middle school and high school Sunday school class, that's totally fine no matter what age you are. But I've been learning so much. And as I said, how can I encourage this church twice? I recalled one of our lessons where we were talking about the importance of numbers and 
I am not superstitious at all, uh, but I thought to myself, I am going to say this seven times because seven is a perfect number and it represents completion and rest. And I wanted to hear from the Lord. So I'm walking around the room and I'm saying, Lord, how can I encourage this church? How can I encourage this church? And I'm picking up laundry and I'm putting in dirty clothes and I bend over and I pick up something and I keep saying, Lord, how can I encourage this church? How can I encourage this church? And I looked in my hand and I opened it up and I have no idea where I got this from. I have no idea where our family got this from, but embroidered on this is the verse Philippians 2 verse 3. And it freaked me out because <laughs> I was like, oh, the Lord's, I, I can't wait to see what that says. And I'm, but again, I was a little bit shocked. Uh, so I kept picking up the house and I had this feeling welling up inside of me. And I almost made myself so busy that I forgot to read it. Um, but I would like for those who are able to stand and in honor of God's word, you don't have to grab a Bible. If you'd like to, you may. We're going to be reading from Philippians chapter 2, and we're actually going to read verses 1 through 4. It reads, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and in purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourself. Each of you should, not only, should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. This is the very word of God. Thanks be to God. You guys may be seated. And that blew me away. It absolutely blew me away. It, and it's this time of our church where we're in no ordinary circumstances that God would reach out and say that we need to be one in mind and one in spirit and to put aside our preferences that's really what I want to encourage us to do today, is it's time to set aside our preferences for the greater good of God's church. So last week, I had, that almost sounded like a stand-up, a lead into a joke. It's not a joke. Um, last week, I had uh, my 12-year anniversary uh, to my wonderful wife, Lorem, and I have such an encourager, I have such an encourager in my life, uh, I have many encouragers, but David Hoke always tells me, you need to buy her flowers, and not just on special occasions. You need to buy her flowers all the time, and so I went, I went to Publix, and I got flowers, and I thought it was great because a dozen roses, 12 years, and I was so excited, and I went up to the cash register, and as I was checking out, um, I just had to, I was just proud, and I had to say, you know, these are, these are flowers for my wife. It's our wedding anniversary. And she said, oh, how long have you been married? I said, 12 years. And uh, she said, oh, that's great. She said, she said, congratulations. I've been married 23 years. 
And she, I didn't feel like she won up to me at all. Uh, but I was just, I was thinking to myself, I said, you know what the biggest lesson I've had to learn is? She said, what? I said, to get over myself. And to be honest with you, I like me. I like me some me. I like hanging out with myself. I mean, it's, we get along great. And, but that leads, that leads to some issues. That leads, you know, when you have a difference of opinion, um, all the stubbornness and pride and arrogance that I have to fight with in order for the betterment of our family. And so that, that's one thing I feel that is applicable to us as a church is that you can see today, I mean, it, took, it was effort to get this place cleaned in order to bring people here. We've got elders and deacons who are doing everything they can to bond together in unity and help lead and guide this church during this time. I know that what I can do as a member of this church is to set aside myself. If we look back to Philippians 2 uh, verse 3, talking about uh, set aside my selfish ambition because Paul is encouraging the Philippians to be like-minded and in, in be, being one in spirit and to consider others better than yourself. That can be very difficult sometimes. And I, this is what... This is what I'll encourage us to do. How you're feeling right now is important. It's very important. And I would encourage you to talk to a spiritual mentor or to one of the elders about how you're feeling. Because the last thing we need to do is just, if you're feeling a certain way, is just sweep it under the rug and try to forge ahead because that really doesn't promote healing in your life. But again, I would encourage you to talk to a spiritual mentor or to an elder uh, because uh, they will listen, and they also have in their hearts what is best for this church moving forward. And that'll be a way where we can heal. Uh, if you were here last week, Brother Allen, who came from the Presbytery, uh, he encouraged us with the commandment, the greatest commandment of all, to Lord the love your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. And that's the first and greatest commandment. And the next verse, this is in Matthew chapter 23, verses 37 through 39. And Jesus then says, and the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. I am so hopeful for this church and the people that are here. And I know that we can honor God by first praying to him about what he wants us to do. What role does he want us to play? And that's for us to have that communication where we can share our hearts with him. And because this is going back to talking to somebody about your emotions. Growing up, um, I was really good at being fake. And I, I used it in a way, and I, it wasn't like my sole purpose, but looking back, I can sniff it out. Like, I was portraying the person I wanted to be to get me to where I wanted to go. So um, when I got married and then my wife started pursuing Christian counseling, I had to deal with all these feelings. And how do you deal with them properly? And, you know, 
I kind of swung hard on the other side of the pendulum where I just got everything I was feeling out. And I said it, but it was not in love. And that's still something that I struggle with. But as we move forward as a church, I encourage you not only to pray, to ask from God, what is your role specifically in this church and how can you support the people in here so we can glorify God? But when you speak, to speak in love. In this not-so-ordinary situation, let us love one another. And in that love, be united in mind and in spirit and in one purpose. Will you guys pray with me? Dear Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus. And we thank you for the hope that you offer us through your salvation and through a relationship with you. Lord, thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, I pray that this would be for your church here at Parkway, a time of revival and not just survival. That you would drop your special presence over this church and do supernatural things where we come together and we share what we have with each other and we listen well and we love well and we speak to each other well and we move forward. Help us to get over our preferences and ourselves. And I'm talking specifically about me. That is my prayer that I would get over my preferences and myself and that you would charge us moving forward with your mission and how we can impact this area, this community, the people that we are, we come in contact with at school and at work and in our social circles, that they will be able to know that we have spent time with you and you transform the old and make all things new. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, we're going to rise and sing a little more, yeah? Absolutely. If you guys will stand, we'll uh, sing a song. Go tell it on the mountains, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountains that Jesus Christ is born. Go tell it on the mountains, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountains that Jesus Christ is born. Jesus is born. Jesus is born.